Well, you're listening to Family Life at Cornerstone, a weekly devotion about what is going on in the life of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Wiley, Texas. I am Justin Wheeler. I'm the preaching pastor here at Cornerstone. And today we're going to be talking about the role of communications in the life of the church and beyond. And I'm joined by Kenan Prophet, our Director of Communications. Kenan, how are you doing today? Great. Good to be here. So, Kenan, uh, I met you, I don't know, what, about three years ago? A little over three years ago. And, Almost four, yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you found this church. When did you come to Cornerstone, and what was that process like? Well, my wife and I were looking for churches. We had moved now, now, your wife, you had just been married, right? Yeah, we were just married. We moved back to this area. I'm from this area originally, and we had both come to an understanding of Reformed theology. So we were looking for Reformed churches in our area. So it started with a Google search. Did you find Mark Ritchie's website? Yeah, <laughs> we found a, a pretty outdated website, to say the least, and it, it popped up for a church in our area as a, a Reformed church, Cornerstone Baptist and Wiley. They say they're Reformed, so let's go there today. And we showed up. Okay, so you didn't listen to any audio no. beforehand. No. And at the time, we weren't recording and podcasting anything. Everything was on our website, I think. Okay, so you woke up and decided you were going to come here. And what was that experience like? Well, right away, when, when the preaching began, we knew right away this, this guy, you, <laughs> were serious about the Word. Uh, you took doctrine very seriously. And uh, that, that stayed with us. We didn't come back for a few weeks, but that's what left the biggest impression. That and then just the how friendly. I think we were, we were greeted by several families, several individuals, right away. And it wasn't a, an uncomfortable, awkward, like, we need you to come to this church kind of greeting. It was just genuinely glad to see us and made us feel really welcome. Yeah, that's one thing that has always kind of stood out to me and to people that have visited the church. There's a genuine love here at Cornerstone. And not to say that there isn't that genuine love at other places, but God's been gracious to us in that. And and so you and, and your wife, Brittany, had just previously been married. You moved back to the area looking for a church, um, struggling to find a church that valued sound doctrine, that was preaching in a specific way. Uh, but you found us, and then you came back. And so tell us a little bit about what it was like to become a member of the church. It was it was very easy. I mean, we, when we made the decision to keep coming back. We visit a lot of other churches and there were things we liked about, you know, the music or uh, the different, maybe different programs other places had. And then every conversation we had, it was just like, we could not get how the faithful teaching of the word of God, what was going on here. We could not get that out of our heads. Um, So when we decided to come back, I think we visited one more Sunday and we just heard the word again, and we left that day, and we said, this is it. This is where we need to be. And so it was just from there on, it was very easy to pursue membership. Um, I know we talked with you a lot. We go over to your house and probably kept you up way too late on a couple no, nights. No, it was great. I remember those times just, very uh, fondly. Just asking you questions and uh, picking your brain as a pastor and, and learning so much about the leadership here at this church and the vision you had for the gospel and for missions. So you also, I remember you getting involved in community group. You came out to our community group, and yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure who invited you. I'm thankful they did, but it's right. probably Brian <laughs> yeah. Johnson. Okay, yeah, it was Brian. 
yeah, he, he invited us, I think, our very first Sunday here. He invited us. He was great to do that. And that, that left a huge impression on us that someone was uh, willing to just reach out like that and invite us into their home uh, for a community group. That, that spoke a lot. Now, you mentioned something a minute ago. You mentioned um, a discussion that you and I had had on when it came to the mission of the church. How, how would you define the mission of the church? What's your understanding of that? To glorify God by making disciples. Um, and I think you see that played out on the local church level here for sure. But the vision that the, the leadership has for world missions as well, and the fact that we're very involved in making disciples, you know, in India and Haiti. Yeah. So, okay, I mean, there's always churches uh, all around us that have mission statements. And at some level, if if that is not a part of their mission statement, then does that mean we're missing something? I mean, where do we come up with this mission statement of glorifying God and making disciples, right? Yeah, and I think they are missing something because we're commanded, right, in Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. I think that's discipleship right there, the teaching. And behold, I am with you always, Jesus says, as we're accomplishing that. So yeah, I think when, when that's not a part of a church's mission statement, I think they're falling greatly short of what God's called us yeah. to do. And so that's that's a good... Uh, reminder to us as a church that we need to be focused on the role of making disciples. And I mean, we can break down what it means to make disciples. I mean, first and foremost, we are responsible to the brothers and sisters in Christ that are here among us, that we're training them up. I mean, I'm thinking Ephesians 4, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Christ has given leaders to the church and gifted certain leaders within the church to do that work, to raise up saints for the work of ministry. In other words, ministry doesn't just happen because leaders do it. Ministry is what we do for one another. We care for one another. We share with one another. We teach one another. We share the gospel with people outside of the scope of the church. And that's where that other aspect of making disciples, we might call it making new disciples, individuals who didn't know Christ coming to know Christ as a result of the ministry of believers, the, the saints, if you will. So there's there's a dual function there. We're investing in the lives of people here so that we can also press the, the truth into those areas of our world and uh, into the lives of other people who don't know Christ yet. And then our goal is to raise them up as well. So that philosophy of ministry is something that we want to, to have just in our DNA. It drives us in what we do. You serve in, in a particular capacity here as our communications director. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, help us understand what that is from the perspective of what you do day to day, but also help us to understand how you see that role of communications functioning within the greater mission of the church. So talk to us a little bit about the, the, the philosophy side of that. How does communications help to fulfill that mission of the church? Well, I'll go back to the first question when you first sat down with me about taking up this role. It was a new position. The church never had something like this before. Uh, but you said there's kind of two main goals, improve inner church communication within the body and then outward communication. I was really excited for both of them, but primarily the outward. How can we grow our communication to those who don't know about the church? So in an effort to improve 
the communication within the church, um, that can be anything from a text or an email to the entire body or individuals, um, social media posts, things like that, online content, um, a new website. We created a new website within the first year. Now, that's really how you got started, I would say. You know, I pulled you into a conversation because we were looking to rebuild a website, and I pulled you and a couple of other guys into a conversation just to say, you know, guys, here's what we want to do. Tell me what I need to do. <laughs> Who do I need to get? Who do I need to hire? What do I need to do here? And it, tell, tell us a little bit about that. How did that process get your, you know, I guess, passion going in the direction of not just giving us counsel and advice, but actually stepping into that role? Well, I was just excited from day one when I heard about uh, the church wanting to invest in a new website because the website's what brought us here, the the website that Cornerstone initially had. And outdated. It was it was, it was it needed some work. Yeah, it needed work. And this is no offense to <laughs> the people who built that website, but it was just, it was, you know, the bare bones, I guess you yeah. could say. I think your online presence in today's world, it speaks volumes about who you are. And as Christians, I think we need to, you know, put quality work into everything that we do. So if we're representing the name of Christ, uh, let's have a good website, you know. And I'm not saying we now have the best website in the world, but I was just very excited to help improve uh, that part of the church's ministry. So then it was just a matter of trying to get creative people to surround me and give me ideas and then get the content. And that, that was such a privilege going through that mission statements, the you know our statement of faith, and then years and years of your past sermons, just working through all those, getting them ready to put on the new website. Was, and the uh, goal of all of that work is is what? I mean, how would you describe the goal? The goal is twofold. It's to make all the great content that we have as accessible to our people as possible and as easy to get to. And then also to make it as easy to find for people outside the church so that people have a one-stop shop, our website, where they can come and they know exactly who we are. They know what we believe. Uh, they can see faces of the people who are going to be preaching um, not just you, but other men who step in. They see that we have qualified men here that back you up um, on a regular basis. And so the goal was to make, I mean, we have so much amazing resources just that the church has put together through the years. And my goal has been to just make that as accessible as possible. And I think you've done a great job. Um, I mean, the website that you've put together is aesthetically, it's just attractive. It's it's appealing to me, especially. But it's not just something visually to look at and be wowed by. It's it's a you know the main page has a picture of our church building, but it's it's how you've taken something just and filled it with content and, and made it very easy to access all that content. So I mean, just giving you for instance, years ago I'd have people email me or call me or talk to me and say, "Hey, listen, I missed the sermon, but I heard good things about it." Or you know, I've had, I've got a a question about this particular thing. Have you ever taught on that? And it was it was somewhat cumbersome back in the day to say, yeah, I did. Maybe I can find my notes and I can hand them to you or I can email you a copy of that. Or we might have a sermon audio. Let me see if someone has access to that and can get it in your ears. Well, now I don't have to worry about that. Every week, you know, you put up the sermon audio. I also provide you with notes so you can put that information up, just a PDF of the sermon manuscript. And then there's also the, the podcast 
podcast. If people, you know, if they, you know, use iTunes or Google Play or whatever, they just download that content. They have it on the road when they're going to work or whatever. And it's just so accessible. And not just my sermons, but even some of our covenant class material, other um, seminars that we've done in the past about the Reformation or about prayer or about, you know, cultural decisions, all of that content is available and it's just easy to find. And so you've, you've made that uh, just uh, that treasure trove of information. You've just made it eminently um, accessible for our people. And, and that's fulfilling part of that role of the mission, right, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But there's even beyond what you, what that, how that functions in the life of the church here. It functions in the lives of others as well. I get uh, these notifications from Google My Business every month, and they give us an idea of how many people are accessing our website, and it's just staggering to me. For instance, last month, uh, December of 2017, 3,505 people found our website from Google. Um, and then there's just, and it tells us how many people accessed our website from Google, how many people not only accessed our website, but also how many asked for directions, how many visited the site, how many clicked around on the, on the homepage and looked for content. And 3,500 people per month. It's just amazing. And right now we have a 4.8 uh, star rating on Google, which is great. I mean, keep it going. But tell me a little bit about that. What's that process been like for you and seeing how your work functions in the life of the, the mission of the church? I mean, I praise the Lord for those because I, I do, I don't always look at those analytics, but I, I have been encouraged to see that, I think, quadruple since we launched the new website. Right. So in talking about how that's fulfilling our bigger mission of, you know, reaching people all over the world, I get so excited about that. I know where your focus as a pastor is primarily the people who are here yeah. in our church, and it should be, you know, you're a shepherd of our flock. Uh, I've always been excited about the people that aren't here. How can how can we not, not just get more people here? Because that's not, I know that's not our focus is to just grow numbers, but we're we're preaching the word of God. We're making God famous uh, through the teaching on Sunday morning, and that deserves to be proclaimed. And so, if I can have some part in making sure as many people as possible are hearing that, then we're fulfilling our the Great Commission. We're fulfilling disciple making all over the world. And I'm I'm so thankful that we live in a time of the internet where we have the tools and abilities to do things like that. You know, we don't have to travel by ship, you know, you can put a video on YouTube and someone on the other side of the world can see it. And that's phenomenal to me because that's the word of God that we're putting out there. So, Well, things have changed so much. When I first came into ministry, this was back in, you know, 2000. That's when I I first became a a student minister, a youth pastor in a very small church in in, uh, Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, when I say small church, I think we probably had about 80 people in the church. So it was a small church, and I was—I had only been a believer for a short period of time. But and I remember putting together a budget for youth ministry, and my budget included advertising. And advertising was a a physical sign in the front of the property, or a physical sign that we put together and went and planted in a location down the road from our church building where there was an intersection that po- had an arrow pointing towards our building, um, that was that was advertising. I mean, we didn't do radio spots, and 
you know, the website, I mean, websites just weren't a big deal at that point. Um, we weren't carrying computers around in our in our pockets. I think we were in the yellow pages. That was a big deal, you know, getting an ad in the yellow pages. But things have changed dramatically. I mean, you put together a website that gets accessed by over 3,000 people a month because they're searching on a search engine and they're looking for a particular church and they find us. And to me, that's, that's just incredible, the, the type of reach. Now, everybody's not clicking on that. Everybody's not coming. Obviously, 3,000 people a month aren't coming through the front doors, but they're gaining access to a, a website that has gospel-rich um, material, gospel-rich content that they can listen to for free, they can read for free, they can download, and they can look at. And I mean... Maybe that's an odd idea, but somebody might be taking sermons and, and going and teaching them to their Sunday school yeah. classes somewhere. And if so, praise God. I mean, we need to be, I need to be faithful right. in that work, all of us who are teachers. But that's just astounding to me. And it helps me to understand, and I hope it helps you see more clearly as well, that your role as director of communications here goes far beyond what you're doing for us. You're, you're reaching out to a global yeah. community. Um, and the gospel's going forward. So unbelievers are coming into contact with that, and, and also other believers. So tell us a little bit. I know you've told me some stories about some friends and some people that you've talked to who have taken advantage of some of this content. How is, it, how is this affecting, your ministry affecting, directly affecting people outside of Cornerstone? Oh, it's been awesome to see. Um, I mean, I, I share the content, you know, your sermons, your manuscripts, which those are all available on a weekly basis. Um, so it's fresh new content each week. So I, I share those uh, with people, um, and it, it's been amazing to hear the stories of people that don't go to our church, and they say, "Man, I'm you know your pastor's podcast. I can't believe you get to listen to a guy like that every week." I shared it with a person at the gym today. Uh, you know, I shared it with friends or family to hear people come back with those kind of stories. It's just it's just awesome. Uh, the work that is done here, it's it is going beyond uh, just Cornerstone and Wiley, and and that's been hugely exciting to see that, to see the, the content we're making getting passed around, and yeah. and that I mean that's why we're doing it. Exactly, it, it all flows out of our understanding of our mission. Why are we here? We're not just trying to put together some really cool aesthetic website that's going to win awards. We're trying to get the gospel out. We want people to hear sound doctrine, make it accessible, and be able to use it and and learn from it and grow in it. And hopefully, prayerfully, those individuals are sharing this truth, sharing this information with people who don't have access to it, people who don't know Christ. And and so that, that encourages me tremendously to know that yeah, I mean, when you came in here and said, hey, I could, I could help out with a website, and then being burdened to take a step beyond just helping out, but, but actually being the, the architect who's building that website, um, and then the, the guy who was weekly, daily, monthly, putting new content, making it available, not only on our website, but all these other little platforms, um, you're fulfilling a mission. You're helping us as a church fulfill our mission to make disciples here and to make disciples uh, of the nations. And that's exciting. Well, it's been, I mean, it has been a, a prayer and a dream come true. I mentioned before, I'm primarily not a website creator. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what, okay, that's a good question. Let's let's go back and think a little bit about more about you. You're not a website creator. What are you? I don't, you know, I've been asking myself that. <laughs> what am I? Well, I, I've always been interested in media. 
any form that is primarily video, um, animation, all, all that sort of thing, and been really had a passion to see how can how can I use that for the Lord. And that's I mean, a great just, question. How can I use my passion to serve the Lord? Well, and that, that's been the question I've asked since I was a little kid, and uh, you know, so I've dreamed of serving in a church and uh, using what I enjoy doing. I think in some ways what I'm good at. Um, I think God has given me certain gifts bent toward that area. Again, I'm not no expert by any means, um, but I enjoy doing the things. And then I remember, I mean, very early on, you say it all the time in your sermons, you say the gifts that God has given us are not meant to terminate on us or the gifts that God has given you were never meant to terminate on you. You were meant to use those gifts for the body and, you know, for the spread of the gospel. And that just left a huge impression on me. I think the first time I heard that and then every 300 times since that I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't, don't have new ideas. Keep saying it, keep saying it, because it's, uh, that is such an important, important truth. When the opportunity came up, when you first said, I think you were in our living room one night and you said, hey, I have a vision uh, for a new website and it would involve you having the opportunity to create content, uh, videos and, and podcasts and other things. Uh, are you interested? I, I couldn't believe it because I thought, well, this is this is what I've prayed for, you know, for as long as I can remember. And to, I thought I would have to, you know, be another 20, 30 years before I ever got an opportunity to serve in that capacity in a church and getting that opportunity, that was huge. You know, part of that is, you know, when I mentioned earlier that I became a youth pastor, I'd only been a believer for a short time, and I didn't have anybody mentoring me. I didn't have anybody really walking me through that. I had some guys I could go to, but I mean, they were full-time ministry and had families of their own. They were really covered up. And so there wasn't a mechanism in the church that really trained me for the next step. I, I learned by mistakes, and I learned by reading as much as I could of what John MacArthur was doing, John Piper, and others, you know. Um, but when when I got into this role as pastor for Cornerstone back in 2010, one of the things over the you know the, the years that followed that I wanted to do was I wanted to give young faithful guys an opportunity to serve. But I wanted to take the responsibility very seriously of shepherding them in that role and mentoring them. And man, it's been great because I've, I've been able to spend time with you. I've been able to spend time with Cody and see you guys grow and do great work, uh, do it with faithfulness and do it with the kind of attitude that I would hope you know every young man would have when it came to, I have a passion to do this thing. And I just want to take that passion. I want to take that gift and I want to use it to serve the body. Um, What would you say to maybe some young people in the church today, uh, maybe young people here at Cornerstone, what would you say to them, um, just giving them some advice or counsel or encouragement about their passions and how they can use them? You know, anyone who does have a passion uh, for something, whether it's art or music or whatever it may be, I would, I would encourage you, you know, pursue the word, 100% 100% and then get really good at whatever that is. Be the best at it. You know, I think Christians Christians need to be the best person in the workplace. You say that a lot. If Wherever it is, whether you're working for a church or a secular environment, you should strive to be the best the best worker there um, because that that's a way we can proclaim the name of Christ. So get really good at whatever it is you are, but don't let that become more important than the Word and pursue the Word and then pray about how God 
can use your talents because he's not given you those talents to terminate on yourself. He's given you those talents to be used for him. So pray about how he's going to do that, and he just will. Just sit back and watch. <laughs> he, he will. Well, that's good counsel. That's good advice. I appreciate you. Tell us a little bit about um, this year. What are you excited about in the role of communications in 2018? Oh, man, I'm, I'm so excited. So we got more videos coming out, more original content that uh, I've been working on. I'm really excited to produce those and share some of those. Uh, printed material. We're going to work on some printed material of our covenant class, uh, hopefully yeah. some welcome packets, um, a little booklet about baptism that we want to uh, design that, make it, oh, it's already ready to go. Yeah, it's ready. We, uh, we actually have some folks that are using it, yeah. but we're going to make that more accessible. Yeah. So I'm excited to get some freshly designed printed material uh, in the hands of our people and, and more videos this year. I'm really excited to, some more bite size. I, I put some whole sermons and video online uh, making more bite-sized content that's easily shareable through social media platforms um, and, you know, pack a punch in a yeah. sense. Um, I'm excited to be doing more of those and uh, just to see where those things take us. Well, I'm excited about the year and also very thankful that I get to spend it alongside you working for the sake of the kingdom. Absolutely. Well, hey, it's been great to have you here with us. Um, listen, if you are listening and you want to know, learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. Go to that website that Ken and I have been talking about. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBCWiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and that way you can stay up to date with all the new content. Thanks for listening.